welcome to the Bob Priest Show of Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Priest. Thanks for tuning in today's show. This podcast is dedicated to individuals and professionals who desire to learn more about the subject of health and wellness, as well as alternative technologies to better health and vitality. Let's get started. Welcome to the Bob Priest Show of Life podcast. I'm your host, Bob Priest. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. My guest today is Dr. Lee Mathis. Hi, Lee. How are you today? Hey, Bob. I'm doing well. Thank you. Great. Uh, Lee is the Vice President of Clinical Development and Professional Outreach. Uh, He is also responsible for innovative clinical improvements for improving patient care, overall doctor development coordination, professional outreach, and speaking. He is a graduate of Campbell University, a doctor of chiropractic degree from Palmer College of Chiropractics. He's received many honors, including graduating from the National Outdoor Leadership School in Lander, Wyoming prestigious vote, I don't know if I'll say this right, is it vote? Vote Leadership Leadership Society Award and the Virgil V. Strang Chiropractic Philosophy Award from Palmer College. He He also serves as team chiropractor and is honorary member of the Virginia Tech cycling team. Welcome. Thank you, Bob. Sounds like you're a busy guy. I guess I am. Good morning. The more you keep reading, I thought, man, do I do all that? Wow. Yeah. And, and you and you do stuff every day in your office. <laughs> I, I save lives every day. I do indeed. Well, that's awesome. So, you know, um, I'll tell my audience, I'm a little biased of having uh, Dr. Leon with us tonight because he's my chiropractor. And um, back uh, prior to meeting Lee, I had gone to the same chiropractic uh, practice um, with another gentleman, but that gentleman moved out of the area. And so I was left stranded and, uh, my daughter introduced us and, uh, love going to you. I feel better every time that I walk in and I feel better, even, even better when I walk out because you, this guy's a funny guy. I and mean, you might, you may hear some of that when you, uh, we get into our conversation today, but Lee, um, you know, it always intrigues me, um, when I talk to the different guests about what brings you to what you do today, what brought you to this practice that you do today? Um, that's a good question. So when I was six years old, I decided out of the blue that I needed to be a general and vascular surgeon. I grew up in Eastern North Carolina. Uh, my dad was on the Bass Pro Tour and he fished. We quail hunted, we rabbit hunted, deer hunted a lot. Um, and you know we were, we were we were outdoorsmen. We made a made a good meal or three a week out of out of things that we had harvested from the uh, harvested from the woods or the lakes and ponds. So you know the rule in our house was if you kill it you grill it. Um, so you know, all of the animals that we shot and, and caught we would we would fillet and clean and gut. And I was just enamored as a child at you know how the, the biomechanics of animals work. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, I decided that, hey, you know, how can I translate that? And again, these are six-year-old thoughts. This is my, my look back in time, but 
um, how can I do this, something like that all the time and, and have fun and help people get paid for it at the same time? Um, when I was 11, uh, my dad had a dear friend who was a general and vascular surgeon who, back in the early 90s, invited me to scrub up and go into the operating room. How cool. And yeah, it was, it was definitely a life-altering experience where I was able to watch healthcare performed at a very, very high level. Um, I, I helped place patients. I, I uh, kind of funny that at 11, year old, at 11 years old, I saw a, a, a full hemorrhoidectomy. 39-year-old gentleman. Wow. I batted an eye like it. it was just, it was, it was all anatomy and physiology. Um, so I planned on saying, you know, continuing on a career and you know, become a general vascular surgeon. Well, Good Lord had different plans, and my senior year in high school, my grandmother actually passed away during a routine operation, and you know that that kind of struck me pretty hard. The surgeon was not at fault; it was just her time. There, there was nothing anybody could have done, and the torture was happening in the situation. She was she was not a person, really. Um, but the, I felt like there was apathy from the, the surgeon. Like, you know, you lost your grandmother. I'm sorry. Uh, wish you the best. And then he had to go on about his life. And I've, I've come to learn that he had to do his coping mechanisms just like I had to, you know, grieve and do mine as well. But that that really struck me as something that I did not want to participate in on a very frequent basis. I don't really, I'm not drawn to the death and dying aspect or the end of the spectrum. I like to make folks feel better. Bob, in your case, you know, be more handsome. So, you know, I, I was drawn to something else. <laughs> Um, so I went on about the business, went in, continued to do pre-med biology and undergrad. Um, during my sophomore year, I took three months off, moved out to Wyoming, and went to the National Outdoor Leadership School. And then when you're, when you're 50 miles away from the nearest paved road, you have a lot of time to and, uh, and, and just listen and, and hear what, you know, what the world's universe and God are telling you. And chiropractic just kept coming up, kept coming up. So when I got back, from my, my excursion, I uh, had a really long beard, and I lost a lot of weight, and I started looking at practice school. Um, again, on the other end of the spectrum, from a preventative or, or a maintenance type uh, approach to healthcare, as opposed to very reactive, you know, the, the downward spiral that you know, healthcare systems can turn into at times. So that's kind of fell in my lap, went to practice school, and uh, been right here in Christiansburg, Virginia for 16 and a half years. Graduated, here, went to work. Well, <clears throat> my family's glad we've met you. <laughs> and, um, you know, um, I had a stroke a few years ago, and and I thought at that time I was in pretty decent health until obviously I had the stroke, and something internally was obviously going on. Um, but it changed my thought process, especially when I was thrown all, all this medication to take care of the various and a sundry things that crop that came up from that stroke or were coming on prior to that stroke even. Um, and boy, I didn't like that. Um, a lot of those things had adverse uh, reactions to my, my body had adverse reactions. I had aches and pains I'd never had before and so on. And um, <clears throat> I started re researching holistic alternative um, methods, which I think chiropractics falls under because it um it it's such a different type of practice than 
going into your doctor, being told to go to a physical therapist because of this, that, or the other. One of the things that I like about what you do and, and your practice does is you actually sit down with your patient for a very extended period of time and you go through a litany of questions. Uh, you, we actually sit there and fill out places on our chart where our bodies are affected or are bothering us. Tell us a little bit more about that approach in your practice compared to maybe the medical field that we normally are used to seeing. Okay. Um, the, the, I, in our clinic system, we practice something called episodic care. And a, an episodic care model means that the majority of patients who come see me come in for one or two things. Something hurts typically. There's, there's a pain threshold that, that, that has been breached and they just want to feel better. Um, in order for me to figure that out, there's I've got to find out what tissue is aching and hurting, you know, what's causing it, uh, what's perpetuating that pain. Um, so it is more of a, a, a what we call a psychosocial, uh, biopsychosocial model that we will sit down and say, what biology is actually hurting? What is causing your pain? Um, you know, what are the psychological factors? Do you have a heavy amount of stress? I have three patients on this table today who are getting married this weekend. And every one of them, ears and shoulders were coming together, and there was just so much tension due to the mounting stress of this upcoming, um, upcoming wedding that, that each, each of them get married somebody different. So it's three different weddings. Um, so there, there's a psycho, psychological aspect, then there's a social aspect as well. I mean, you know, how are you, where do you work? What is your, what does society have you doing um, that would perpetuate some of these pains? So we, we, it's a more holistic approach than oh my elbow hurts well let's mash does that hurt okay well you have an elbow problem um, we do that but we also want to say is this truly the problem or is this a uh, side effect of okay. something else going on is it a referral pattern is it a ridiculous pattern um, you know and we try to chase down the the, the source or the cause of a patient's um, of a patient's present presentation and chief complaint um, we work after we do our, our holistic assessment, we do an examination, uh, we work through various pathways and channels to, to meet the goals of the patient or get as close as we can. Um, and when we get to that end goal, um, we, we shake hands. I've, I've done the best job I can and I appreciate you trusting me with your help. And then we, we part ways from the episode that we're standing in quotations because Chiropractic also has a foot in another side of healthcare, which is preventative maintenance care. Um, so if we've done a really good job meeting a patient's goals, building trust and, and rapport with that patient, a lot of patients choose to stick around and, and very similar to your car. If, if you want to maintain your car for a long period of time, you'll change your order. You'll rotate your tire and make sure that you know uh, you collect your fluids and all that stuff. Chiropractic can be used in that preventative type manner as well. Um, so a lot of our patients to ground on the prevention side. So we kind of have a really neat foot in each of the allopathic and symptom-based world and also in the holistic, um, you know, maintenance wellness, um, preventative world as well. We come at the approach in a very similar fashion to see where we need to work the patient's best medical. That's a great explanation. It kind of even reminds me when I came in last week and I really came with my wife because she was having some some major problems. And I didn't think I really had 
very mean pains. I, nothing was bothering me. I was feeling pretty good. <clears throat> However, you know, I found out that that my hips weren't lined up. And uh, <clears throat> not that I had any significant pain, but I've noticed that just in the, what, three or four times now that I've been in since that initial uh, consultation, I, I feel totally different. And whether I had pain or not when I initially started, I definitely feel better and I feel more agile today. By the way, I had a I had a meeting with Dr. Lee this morning, so I've been through this uh, just recently. But um, what are some of the top challenges you in, in the chiropractic field face today? I would say for me, the I'm gonna answer that two two ways. Okay. Um, from a from a doctor patient standpoint, one of my biggest challenges, and I think this this goes for most manual therapies. Uh, physical therapy, you know, R doctors, orthopedists, um, the, the hardest challenge that doctors have, that, that I have with, with patients is compliance. Uh, a lot of times I know what the patient needs to get their goals met, but the patient has a life going on with other priorities over their health. Sometimes it's finances, sometimes it's time, sometimes they're pulled in 19 different directions. So I, I'd probably say that compliance um, with recommendations is one of my biggest hurdles as a, a care provider uh, for patient care. Um, on the other side of that, we we chiropractors have been for a long time fighting a really, really interesting ignorance of what we do. Um, I've had the, the CEO of a, of a hospital system look me dead eye and say, I wish we could send more patients to chiropractors. We just don't know what chiropractors do. We don't know what we're going to get when we send a patient to a chiropractor. Our scope of practice is very broad. Again, we're, we're very holistically minded. So uh, some chiropractors do acupuncture, some do nutritional counseling, some do work bracing and, and orthoses, and some run a, a, a fairly close to a therapy center. Uh, you know, others do very straight, just chiropractic adjustments with very little else going on. So there's a broad swath of what chiropractors can hang and shingle against the professional and, and still call chiropractic. So there's an ignorance both from the allopathic world and the the, the general public as to what um, what type of practice that that what type of chiropractic practice they might want to go to or they might want to refer a patient to. Um, so that that's one of the biggest 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 hurdles that we're trying to make strides in Southwest Virginia to overcome. And I, I would I would agree with that because I've been to several chiropractors over my lifetime um, with the first one there in Christiansburg, gosh, 30 years ago when I really did some damage to my back. And I crawled into the office and actually walked out. Uh, but, and after a couple of weeks, stood up straight again. Um, and so I became a believer in, in what you do. But I have noticed that throughout that time frame that there is different approaches. Your approach is very different than what I've been used to uh, coming across in the past. You're very methodical with your thought process. <clears throat> and I like that because I, I like to ask questions and I like to know what you're doing and, and why you're doing it. And so that makes a lot of sense. So you kind of already answered this question, but I'll bring it up again because maybe we can expand even more. But what are some of the things that differentiate you from other chiropractors in the area? 
or or around a broad community? What what really differentiates you from the rest of the world? Uh, I I really want to get out of the office tonight, so I can't have my head swell that big now. I don't want you to. <laughs> Well, now I know you're from North Carolina, and things yeah, that's right. that's things right. come out slower and longer. But <laughs> I'm drawing a bird though. Um, one of the things that I have been been blessed with is is I work in a in a in a clinical setting. I work in a group of chiropractors who are very supportive um, for one another. Uh, we bounce a lot of a lot of stuff off of each other. I had a younger doctor today have, was having some issues with some FMLA paperwork. She said, hey, can you kind of walk me through this? I would love to. I've done hundreds of those, and I'd love to help you out so that you don't have the same you know, frustrations that I did having to learn it the way I did, failing my failures. I like pointing that out. So I have that. Um, I've been very blessed to be in a group that, that is open to, to being very collaborative. Um, my, my boss is, is one of my dearest friends and has a really, really, really big vision for what our profession can do, what, what role we can Bill in healthcare. And several years ago, he sent me to the University of Pittsburgh to undergo a postdoctoral certification. Uh, I'm now a primary spine practitioner through the University of Pittsburgh's physical therapy school. Um, I'm not a physical therapist, but one of the things that I learned through this school is a very interesting and, and very replicable approach to musculoskeletal pain. In that, me, a physical therapist, any of the PSP, primary spine practitioners, can take a patient and come to the same conclusion and have a pathway of how to get the best outcomes for that patient in the most efficient time for the most efficient cost. Um, and, and that has been something that I think would, would actually help me stand out in the area versus, versus other practitioners. But again, in that collaborative model, I have started trying to, to work with some of our other doctors to see if we can replicate that in our internal system. I don't want to be the best there ever was. Um, I want to be the one that helps everybody else become the best they were. I, I was a teacher before I went to grad school, so that's kind of my, my burning desire is I want to take what I've got and, and hopefully elevate the entire, um, the entire profession by passing that on to other folks. And, We've got a really, really good group of doctors I get to work with, and they're open to taking some of that information um, and you know, implementing their patients. So that the, 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 the ships are rising with the incoming patients. It's, it's kind of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome that you want to do that and broaden that field. Um, yeah. I'm sure you've had some pretty interesting situations come in your office. Is there maybe one that sticks out in your mind that you could share um, of a client, a patient that came in that came in this way and left that way, and how it how it all came about. Um, I've got two right off the top of my head. One's one's very quick and easy, and it, I've, I've done this several times. But the first time I did it was very interesting. I had a young lady from neighboring county uh, who came in. Uh, she had two children. Uh, her youngest child was about three years old. From the time she had been pregnant with her second child, she had not menstruated. So you're looking three plus years that she had not had a, had a, had a cycle. Um, she also wanted to have more children. Um, she tweaked her back a little bit in a church outing. 
she came in. She had some some church members that had seen me in the past. So go to Dr. Knight to take care of me. And she came in. Uh, she was telling me, you know, yeah, this, this, and this. And we worked her, we worked her through our consult exam. Uh, we adjusted her. And the next time I saw her was a couple days later. She came in. She was just, she was beaming. And I had not realized it when we first met. She was very patient. Her her skin tone was just very sickly. And I'm not trying to be ugly. She just she she her her color was just not good. Um, we adjusted her. A couple days later, she comes in. She's just got this glow to her that I hadn't seen before. I thought it was really neat. Following week, she comes in and she said, "I don't know what you've done, but I have I have been having one of the heaviest periods of my life." And she said, "I've I've been I've actually called my OB to find out if I'm hemorrhaging and I need to be checked." And she hadn't. And and I treated her. Her back was feeling much much better, so we released her from her episode of care three or four weeks of care. Um, and I, and she called about two months later and wanted just come in for her maintenance visit. I said, "Please come in." So she came in to get adjusted, and, and she was about two weeks pregnant. She was taking a pregnancy test, and um, and and again, the power that made the body heals the body. I didn't do anything special, um, but I when I got in and worked to try and make her back feel better. Her, her the nerves that went to her uterus cut loose, and all of a sudden she could ovulate here and again. They have six children now. So I thought that was, thought that was good. the population quite well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but but it, that's an real. interesting story. The other one um, is a is is a similar story. Um, and again, it, it goes along with what what the patient has going on that I don't know about, even as holistic and thorough as I attempt to be. I had a gentleman come in years ago on a referral from the Veterans Administration, um, and he had horrible, horrible headaches, the, the kind of headaches that, the ice pick headaches that he would sometimes, he had scarlet on his head where he would hit his head repeatedly against the wall um, until he would uh, bleed because it took his mind off the excruciating pain in his neck, or excuse me, in his head. Um, he had a lot of degenerative changes in his lower spine and his lumbar spines. So we, we were actually working on his lower back, um, but he also screened out, was okay to be adjusted. So I started adjusting his neck. Um, his headaches did not improve a whole lot. He, he was very, in the, the disability world, he was fairly high uh, score on the disability charts that we used or outcomes that we used. His lower back started improving a little bit. Um, his wife actually came in and became a patient as well. So um, all of a sudden they dropped off. I called and left a message. I hadn't seen him in a week or so. I called that message at the house and I didn't hear anything else. And um, so I called one more time, didn't hear anything else. And I thought, well, you know, I, I hope everything's okay. But I, don't to be a, um, I don't want to pester these, these folks. and might just think I smell bad. I don't want to see me anymore. Um, two or three months later, his wife came back in and I said, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you. I hope everything's okay. How was Joe? Um, she busted into tears. She said, well, Joe's in the hospital. Sorry to hear that. Is he okay? She said, well, she said, you have no idea how much better you made him feel. Um, it was so bad that, that his head was hurting. His head typically hurt so bad that he would talk like he wanted to do self-harm. Um, and he'd never done it. But when his head started feeling a little bit better and, and he could think about other things, his legs started hurting um, to the point that he took a, a pistol and shot himself in the head um, to take his mind off. You know, there's a lot of PTSD, there's a lot of psychosocial factors going on, but Joe shot himself in the leg 
uh, because it hurts so bad. She said, I just thank God that you have taken his mind off the field just a little bit because he knows where he's got himself and it did still hurt that bad. So um, we approach patient care thinking that we're going to fix somebody's neck or their back. And oftentimes we might have a little bit of an impact, but we don't really know how much of an impact mm -hmm. uh, until we kind of have the opportunity to kind of, kind of wash them down a little bit. So, you know, well, you I know, hope this wasn't Debbie Downer's story, but again, it's, it's just one well, of those I keep back in my mind. But I think something, too, that we can learn is that, you know, <clears throat> this is one area that a lot of people neglect is they don't try to, to take care and maintain their body in a little minor things. So that when, the, you know, one day when the big stuff comes along, it may be so far gone that you only get minimal relief at best. So I'm I'm very encouraged by holistic alternative ways, acupuncture, chiropractics. At, at helping our bodies help heal themselves. And when you take that pain away or when you get things back in alignment, um, our bodies have a fighting chance to do what they're supposed to do. Um, so real quickly, you're from North Carolina. You're a fun-loving guy. So what's some of the most enjoyable things you like to do outside of the office? Um, I thoroughly like hanging out with my bride. Uh, she's just a special person because she's put up with me for so long. <laughs> so we like holding hands and walking the dogs around the neighborhood. Uh, I really love uh, flying kites. Actually, I'm a kite pilot. I have two kites in the car right now just in case the wind is blowing. Uh, I'm an aspiring paraglider pilot. I want the kites to fly me as well. Um, and just, just being out the great outdoors. I love hiking. Um, I like being on water. It would be at a river or, or Lake, or I grew up an hour from the coast. I'm known to do a little surf fishing and surf as well. So well, that's that's really neat. We have two uh, gliders that go across our house uh, quite frequently out here. I hope to be in one of those soon. I have I have a ride set up. So well, they um in the evenings because usually the golfers are off the golf course out here, and usually they'll do a dive down on one of the uh, fairways, touch touch their feet to it and go right back up. It's wow. really cool to watch. But uh, so, you know, you're a very learned gentleman. I, I thoroughly have enjoyed getting to know you. And so I think you ought to match a book title with what you love doing, your outdoors experiences, along with your practice of chiropractics. So I want you to be thinking about that. I, every time I have a guest on, I usually in our conversations will hear a book title. Because I think, um, you know, with what you do, with the way that you're approaching uh, the world of chiropractics and the holistic, I think that you have a book inside of you. And, okay. uh, you know, maybe um, maybe it's uh, outdoor, outdoor chiropractics with Lee or, <laughs> or something of that nature, but something fun. I think we'll work on that. We'll talk about that more when I come in your office. That's how it is. That's how it is. Hey, as we wrap up, what what would you like to share with our audience on how chiropractics could be a benefit towards better overall health and why? Sure. Um, the, the longer I've been in practice and the more time I've spent on this earth, I have realized that, and, and I've heard this said many, many ways, but I've realized that common sense can be a superpower. 
the simple things can have the biggest impact. And if you deal with situations or issues out of one out of ten, they've never had the opportunity to reach a nine. Um, so all three of those things kind of wrap up kind of a life philosophy that I've come up that, that I've, I've kind of come up with and has evolved through me. So you know, it's a, it's a lot easier to, to prevent something than it is to have to cure something. It's a lot easier to, um, you know, maintain what you've currently got than to try and fight tooth and nail and claw your way back to where you want to be. Um, so I think if folks can do any little thing, they can maintain their health. That's all they're ever going to have, but they might as well do a little bit to try and preserve that. Well, I, I, I definitely relate to that after having the stroke and then having to fight back to come back to where I am today. And and the good news between finding wonderful people like yourself in this different world of medicine, holistic, alternative chiropractics, acupuncture, I found some different ways to help my body repair itself without uh, altering it with medications and things of that nature. And I'm not saying that sometimes those things aren't important, but I don't think they should be something that we want to live on the rest of our life. Um, and uh, so I really, I really have embraced that philosophy that you just said. I'm, I really want to do whatever I can to help my body do what it's supposed to do naturally anyway. And so I thank you so much for your time. I know you've been there at the office all day today and your left eye is drooping. So you probably want to get home. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, uh, just tell our audience the best way to get in touch with you and how they could reach out. And we're, you're located in. Oh, I'm in Christiansburg, Virginia, southwest corner of Virginia. OK. And but yeah, email and uh, website and all sure. that kind of stuff. Sure. The website is www.tuckclinic.com. Dot com. That's T-U-C-K clinic.com. Um, my email address is L Mattis, M-A-T-T-H-I-S at tuckclinic.com. So um, the, the phone number to the office is on there. If anybody wants to call, I'm, I love to uh, I love to help folks enjoy their journey. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot me an email. I'm very responsive to email. Um, I don't do the social media as I've decided that I don't spend my time uh, not getting triggered by picky talks and all that other mess. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very responsive to email and my bio is on the website. And if anybody has any questions, I'd love to, I'd love to uh, take care of those as best I can. If I don't know the answer, I'll make something up till I can. <laughs> You'll make it up until you find it, right? That's right. Uh, Dr. Mathis, thank you so much for your time. I've enjoyed uh, having a short conversation with you. Folks, thanks for tuning in to the Bob Priest Show of Life podcast. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week. And uh, uh, thanks for tuning in and listening to our conversation. And I really want to encourage you to, to reach out to your local uh, chiropractors and get to know them. Uh, they really go about what they do differently. And I, I love the way that they communicate with their patients because I've seen it. I've experienced it. 
And um, I've seen a lot of happy people uh, come out of their offices, but not come in so happy. So they've, they've definitely done something correct when they got in there. Uh, thank you so much again, Lee, and we look forward to seeing you soon. And guys out there in the podcast land, have a great day.